0: Welcome to the 34th Circe, Circe, Circe Salon. Welcome, Welcome to, to, to
1: Make Matriarchy Great make Again. Matriarchy matriarchy. 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 Matriarchy.
0: Welcome everyone to the 34 Sources Salon, Make Matriarchy Great Again. I am your host, Sean Marlon Newcomb, and today we are going to talk about women in cosplay, how it is pertains to female empowerment, how some women look at it in terms of how it shows women, and we have a very special guest. Uh, her name is Bunny Bombshell, and she has been a cosplayer for quite a while. Bunny, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Good. So why don't we start right off and tell the listener just a little bit, just very quickly about yourself, where you are from and where you live now. You don't have to obviously give specific address details, but you know just a little bit about yourself. So where are you from originally?
1: Um, I'm from Huntington, West Virginia. It is a college town that's located at the very bottom of ohio um i was born and raised there and um i lived there until i was about 30 and then i moved to toronto ontario um canada so um yeah that's uh that's kind of been my my journey so far um I'm, you know, still, still very much a West Virginian. Um, a lot of people can usually tell by my accent that, you know, I'm, I'm not from here. So, you know, I, uh, I always kind of laugh whenever people can kind of pick that up. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting because we have a lot of areas here in Ontario that um, actually kind of remind me of West Virginia. Um, I took a vacation last summer. Um, well, it, it was actually the summer before last, um, to a convention. And, uh, I noticed that this town looked a lot like, you know, my area where I grew up at and it's called Collingwood. So, um, it was, it was really interesting to see places here that remind me so much of back home.
0: So do you feel like a Canadian now? Or do you still feel like an American? Do you share both? What's your, how do you like being there?
1: Honestly, um, I I kind of feel like I am both. Um, there there's still some some things about me that are very much American. Um, I'm still. I'm still very much kind of set in my ways, uh, with some topics. Um, but as, as far as being a Canadian goes, um, I, I definitely feel a connection, uh, you know, with where I am now. So I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I have like the best of both worlds. Um,
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and North America is just such a beautiful continent. Um, I I've been to several parts of it and honestly, like my favorite area is like the great, Lakes region. Um, I've been to like most of the Great Lakes, mm-hmm. so um, this is just this is home. This is where I feel comfortable.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the U.S. and Canada when we talk about cosplay in a in a bit. But first, let's explain to the audience what is cosplay. I remember when I first saw the term cosplay, I just kind of thought like, "Well, what is this about? Is this just something that people do sort of Halloween like, but?" But tell us in sort of detail, what is it in general, like kind of like the definition of it, and then give us a little bit more feeling and information about what cosplay is.
1: Okay, well, um, I can only speak from my personal experience as a cosplayer. Um, I began cosplaying, not quite professionally, but when I first got into it, I would have to say it was right around the time that I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like you know mid two thousands, and um, I I got into it actually through modeling um, because I started out as a pinup model. Mm-hmm. So um, from there it just kind of you know evolved into more of a um, you know sort of a, a cosplaying uh, modeling career that I was like you know going after. Um, I, I still do a lot of pinup um, that's still very close to my heart, but cosplay for now takes up like most of my time when I'm doing photo shoots and obviously with like the convention circuit and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, something that I've done for a long time. Um, and, uh, I I think that cosplay actually technically started, I think in the seventies with Mm sci-fi conventions, I could be wrong about that, but I'm almost positive that it started kind of, Like around, you know, like that sort of genre, you know, because sci-fi, you know, obviously a lot of crazy costumes and you can have a lot of fun with, uh, you know, cosplaying as, as characters, um, from Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, Battlestar Galactica, um, which is my personal favorite, but, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the history of cosplaying. Um, it started out as a niche thing. It's obviously become more mainstream in the past, you know, five or so years, um, which is a good thing because, you know, that means that, you know, there's more opportunities for cosplayers out there. Um, we're, we're getting a little bit more recognition. Um, you know, you can always, like, find better costumes now because I wouldn't say they're mass produced. But it's becoming more of a thing that you're, you're able to get, you know, parts and uh, outfits for and things like that. Um, you go on Etsy and you can find, like, pretty much anything you're looking for because someone can make it out there. Um, but
0: uh, let me ask you, though, wh- is it something – so it's wearing costumes, obviously, right? So that's where the cause comes from. Is it? Is it right? costume-wearing – around events does it have to be around events in order to be cosplaying Um,
1: generally speaking it is kind of relegated to events um like movie premieres and festivals and you know obviously conventions that's where you're going to see a lot of cosplay but um you know it's it's pretty much everywhere now um I've I've been to you know like a bunch of amusement parks and there's cosplaying there whether it's You know, from actual cast members who they hire to be, you know, like character representations or just actually i have seen people, you know, like walking around in costume before there. Um, I know some places like Disney are a little touchy about that they they typically don't want people walking around as licensed characters, but people still do Disney bounding, which, you know, is is kind of like a casual cosplay in a way. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, you, you you can see it pretty much anywhere. I mean, cosplaying is is becoming like a worldwide thing.
0: So again, it's when people dress up for the listener, it's when people dress right. up as a particular character, typically around organized events like for example you you, would you call it cosplaying if you just decided you know on your own to dress up like um you know catwoman and walk outside to the supermarket or would it have (laughs) would you have to be at an event
1: no absolutely i mean any time that you are doing a physical visual representation of a character that that is cosplaying it doesn't really matter where you're going what you're wearing the costume for um you know like like doing a photo shoot, for instance. Um, That's still cosplaying. I'm still doing a cosplay photo shoot. But um, Mm -hmm. it's also when you're getting into character, it's not just putting on the costume and, you know, just kind of walking around. It's also being the character. Um, There is a bit of acting that goes into it. And I don't really have a background as an actress. Uh, I didn't go to school for that. That was never something that I really wanted to pursue. Um, Mm -hmm. But modeling certainly was. I I actually started modeling at a relatively young age. Um, First started thinking about it when I was about 15 or so, um, random people would make comments to my mom, like, Oh, your daughter should really start modeling. So it was always kind of in the back of my mind, but I was always a little too short to do like, you know, the run the runway, the high fashion stuff. And I kind of mm-hmm. knew that. But then I realized, you know, hey, there's there's other ventures for me. Um, you know, besides runway and-, and fashion and things like that. I can, you know, go on and do pinup modeling. I can, you know, do do swimwear modeling. So um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's how I actually got into it was you know, mostly through the pinup aspect.
0: So you got into it through modeling. When you cosplay, the what I'm interested in particularly is that on this show, we talk about the history of women in terms of uh, empowerment, matriarchy, women warriors. And you, it seems, cosplay particular types of female characters. Can you talk about how you choose... The characters you cosplay and and what type of woman, let's say, female character it would be. Are they from comics? Are they from movies? You know, let's let's kind of get a sense of who you pick and why you pick them.
1: Yes, that's a great question. Um, also, when I was a kid, um, I absolutely loved certain characters like Catwoman, specifically Michelle Pfeiffer's rendition in Batman Returns. She was a major influence on me as a little girl. Um, I remember seeing that movie in the theater when I was five years old and just being absolutely mesmerized like she is what i want to be when i grow up you know like i, I don't okay. want to do like any other job i don't want to be a teacher i don't want to be a nurse i want to be Catwoman. and so you, i remember you want to be mom, a cat
0: burglar okay
1: yes well i wanted to be her i wanted to be cat woman you know and that, that was like my little that was like my first taste of feminism was being introduced to that character and she really did have a major profound effect on me um when i was growing up because she was the archetype she was what I wanted to be when I grew up. Like my mom's friends would ask her, um, you know, like, oh, you know, like, what does your daughter want to do when she gets older? And like, I would, without like hesitation, say, I want to be Catwoman. Okay. <laughs> like, they they would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I would literally respond with Catwoman. My mom, you know, she's told me the story several times. <laughs> oh,
0: that was the crowd applauding you. Well, well t- good, let, good let, let's see. Good so. <laughs> let, let me hear a little more about what is it? What was it about uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman or Catwoman generally? Was it about that particular version of Catwoman or Catwoman generally? What was it about the, that that appealed to you from the standpoint, you say, your first taste of feminism? How how was that? How did that come off to you as a feminist character?
1: Well, um, like I said, I was five when um, I first saw Batman Returns, and I mm-hmm. remember seeing the um, adverts for it, the commercials and everything, and, you know, telling my mom every, every day when it was on TV, like, I have to go see this movie. Um, and it was because Catwoman was feminine and also at the same time dangerous, and mm-hmm. I love that combination with characters. It's like, you can be extremely feminine, and not sacrifice you know like being proud of being a woman and also be a total badass you know I mean she is she's Mm -hmm. she's absolutely you know like powerful and in charge and you know very much you know like the embodiment of feminism um and that really appealed to me. And I also like the animated series version of her as well. Um, those are my two favorite versions of Catwoman. And I think it's because they're both just very, very, um, you know, powerful and they're in charge of themselves and they don't take anyone's shit (laughs) at all. They're, they're very, very, very girl power. And, um, you know, they, they mm-hmm. resonated with me as a little girl. So um, that that's why Catwoman was kind of like my, you know, my idol growing up.
0: So that's one of your cosplays. Was that sort of your entree to playing sorts of characters? Like, for example, what other cosplay characters do you do?
1: Um, well, I do Valkyrie from Marvel wow. Comics.
0: OK. And
1: I do Sailor Moon. And I do Elsa. And I do um, some more obscure characters um, Mm -hmm. that most people don't know about, um, unless you're a big comic book nerd. I do Amethyst, uh, Princess of Gemworld.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I do She-Ra. And I do some sci-fi characters. Um, I've done Pris from Blade Runner. I've done, um, uh, let's see here, Six from Battlestar Galactica.
0: So these are all real action women. These are all kind of, you know, so, so you, is this common for most women in cosplay? Do they normally choose these kinds of action characters? Or is this something that you have said, hey, I want to play these characters,
1: Um, I can only speak on my behalf. Um, I'm very particular when I choose a character. They have to really resonate with me on a personal level. Like I have to, you know, identify with their personality. I have to kind of see myself as the character Um, and obviously Mm -hmm. I only pick characters that I can pull off that I already look like.
0: Oh, Um, good. Okay. Yeah.
1: That, that's very important to me too. Um, So I only cosplay blonde characters, um, you know, that's, that, I'm sorry, but I, I like to you know like wear use my own hair. I, I don't like wigs right. or anything like that like hair extensions are okay, but um, you know I, I like to to do characters that I feel like I can pull off and I can do them well and I can do them justice that
0: you look like the character okay exactly. well, What so Valkyrie, what about Valkyrie that uh, when did you first discover that character and what do you know about? the Valkyries of myth, because we've talked about, we have talked about Norse myth on this program before. And obviously Valkyries are part of uh, the Norse pantheon. So how did you come to find out about Valkyrie? Did you know about the myth? Did you know about the cartoon first? Just tell us a little about that and and how you play her and why you play her.
1: Well, um, I first found out about the Marvel version of Valkyrie when I was... I was in my twenties. I can't remember exactly how old I was. Um, I was thinking about characters to cosplay um, for a convention. Um, this is when I just first started uh, cosplaying professionally, and um, I was like, "Wow, uh, I love Norse mythology. I'm I'm really in into you know." characters that are really powerful and they're, they're not to be trifled with. So, um, I, as soon as I saw her, I was like, I have to cosplay her. She's, Mm -hmm. she definitely spoke to me on that level. So, um, yeah, I remember seeing her and then, uh, I had, I would already been reading up on Norse mythology before that. And, um, you know, I, there's artwork that I've seen that I, I really liked as well. And, um, you know, I've, I've always been kind of influenced by that. So, um, art is, is another big thing that, you know, definitely ties into the whole cosplaying aspect for me. Um, but yeah, like I, I remember seeing her and, um, definitely deciding like that I absolutely had to, to cosplay her and I've done like two or three different versions of, of Valkyrie so far. I'm going to be probably doing another one really soon.
0: Well, let me ask you, this as I've seen your Valkyrie, we're going to use, probably use that as our uh, cover photo for this episode how do you get the costumes So first i want to ask you about how do you put the costumes together what does it take what's involved and then also I, let's start to talk about what people's reactions are to you playing these characters so how do you go about putting together a cosplay
1: okay um well for me i'm not someone who like has a whole lot of time to make an outfit literally from scratch um what i like to do is i like to um, commission for certain pieces, like Mm -hmm. armor example. Um, there's, there's people out there. What does that
0: mean? Commission? What does that mean?
1: Well, commission is like you basically, um, kind of collaborate with them and you have them make the pieces. Like usually like, um, it's, they'll sell, they'll sell the items and like, we'll, you know, kind of go through like the, the whole process of like, I tell them exactly what I'm after and I might send them reference photos and things like that. And then we kind of work. Back
0: Th- these forth. are costumers or these are yeah, people, you these know, are people from people online. Who make,
1: props, who make costumes, they make um, accessories and things like that. And uh, they, they're very good at what they do and, and they're crafters and um, they specialize in, you know, certain areas like, you know, armor and props and things like that. So
0: where do you find these people?
1: Um, I have found most of them online, various sites. Um, I I use Etsy quite a bit for um, accessories and things like that. Um, there are some local people here that I've met, um, at conventions that I'm hoping to commission sometime this year for, um, various, um, pieces and maybe even some, some actual like full on cosplays. But, um, I've I've just encountered them online mostly. Um, I think I've I've had a little bit of luck on Deviant Art, but Etsy is a good place to start. Um, there's other websites that you know they will literally make an entire cosplay for you. Um, right now, I'm commissioning someone uh, in England um, who does all of the uh, Power Ranger. Um, you know, suits and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, that's a, a really huge project. I already have my, my pink Zio helmet. I just need like the rest of the costume and, and I'm like working on that one. So that one is another one that I've, I've gotten the works right now.
0: So this can get pricey. This can be something. <laughs> yeah, okay. It is,
1: it is definitely an investment. Um, I always tell people when I do panels, um, because, you know, a lot of them start out as casual cause players. They, um, you know, are are interested in maybe pursuing it professionally. And I always tell them like, this is a warning. It will definitely drain your bank account. This is, this is a commitment, like a financial commitment, because a lot of these costumes and pieces and props and everything, it all adds up, especially if you are going to people who are professionals who make these things for a living. Um, and, and that's what a lot of these people do. Like they, they have all the gear, they have all the materials and they've been doing this for years. And, you know, you always want to make sure that your, um, crafters and costume makers are, are, are paid well. So, Um, I always tell them, you know, you're going to get addicted. You're going to want to do all the characters that you love, all the characters from your childhood. So just make sure that you're you're ready for that because it will not be cheap. Um, There's there's sometimes things you can kind of get away with making on your own. Um, Over the years, I've had to make like... Pieces of jewelry on my own, which is really difficult to do and very frustrating. I would honestly just rather pay someone who's a professional who can do it right than spend a bunch of money and try to piece something together that, you know, I may not exactly, you know, know how to do quite right. So um, Mm -hmm. I, I always want to have professional people doing my pieces for me. That's something that I've, over the years, I've gone more and more the direction of, you know, letting letting people show off their work and, and I just model it for them. So that's that's where my comfort level is. <laughs>
0: how how do people react to uh, to your cosplays? I you know I, I've seen them. Uh, I've seen the pictures of the the Catwoman and the Valkyrie. How do people react to these these female warrior women, action women when you go, I assume you go to different events as mm-hmm. these characters? Is it a positive reaction? Do people oh, yeah. Do you have Definitely. any negative blowbacks? Let's talk a little bit about a little bit about that.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Um, most people at conventions are very friendly. A lot of them are in the community of cosplaying. Um that that's that's pretty standard. You you'll go to these events and there's usually, you know, a group of other people who, um, you know, also cosplay regularly, whether it's professionally or just for a hobby. And uh everyone's really nice and friendly. Occasionally you will get some some creepy guys who you know think that they can just like run up to you and and hug you or like kind of leer and just be sort of like all over you I've had that happen a few times but uh for the most part there's there's not a whole lot of that usually it's just it's it's positivity so um you know I I I definitely think that uh you know cosplaying it, it tends to tends to be more of a social thing. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people love to see characters, um, you know, when they're out and about, like, they love to have their pictures taken with them. They, they like to, you know, like, have conversations, a lot of people are, are curious to know about your costumes. And, you know, maybe they're, they're wanting to know how to make, you know, certain pieces or, or, they want to know like where they can get certain pieces and things like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a conversation piece, you know, just to walk around in an actual cosplay.
0: Is it common for women to play these types of warrior characters or are there other types of characters they play? What's, what's sort of the norm? Is it mostly super heroines? Is it mostly yes. action women? I would
1: say you see a lot of um, the, the, the type of like warrior, you know, Female, you know, kind of badass characters um, because they're they they tend to be very dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, who doesn't love a powerful woman? You know, I mean, this is you know something that resonates with, with everyone. <laughs> yes, applause.
0: Well, um, that, well, that's good to hear because the, the thing is, and I want to talk to you about this uh, is you, when you say who doesn't like love a powerful woman? Certainly, here on this show, we do. Uh, we do know that there are people who can be averse to it in culture, um, particularly yes, sadly. Uh, the way. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. You play these, uh, you cosplay as these strong female action heroes, these warrior women. What do you think about the way these heroes are shown in movies and TV shows now? Uh, let's talk about that in relation to how they are seen in comic books as well. But what do you think about the state of action here, female action heroes in movies? Are you happy with the way they've been adapted? Do you have issues with how they've been adapted? Do you think we're making progress? Let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, for me, um, I'm, I'm kind of a purist when it comes to um, what I like as far as live actions um i like Mm -hmm. for you know the hollywood version or whatever you want to call it to stick to the source material i don't see a reason to change someone's background their origin story to change the costume drastically i i'm Mm -hmm. not a fan of that um i understand that like certain comics that were made in like the eighties and even in, into the nineties. Yeah. Like the costumes might be a little dated and whatever else, but you can always kind of update those and you can make them, you know, sort of like with the times you don't have to like completely change how a character looks, you know, just to appease people. Like I, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of most live actions. Um, I, I haven't actually seen a live action in the theater in a very long time. It's been years. Um, and the why last that? Movie that I actually wanted to see in the theater was, was X-Men first class. Um, mm-hmm. that, that was the only X-Men movie that I think I actually like really liked and, and got into. Um, and why is awesome that? Cause well, you know, um, I cosplay white queen Emma Frost. So that was, yeah, that, that, that was, that was the main reason why I, I liked that movie. And unfortunately, um, She didn't get a whole lot of screen time in that movie, but uh, I I think that she was, you know, a great casting choice. And um, obviously Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. But other than that, tell um,
0: tell us more about that character. People may not be familiar with uh, Emma Frost. What is she like? What does she what does she do? What's particular about that character that you like?
1: Well, I really love Emma Frost because she's a bit of a wild card. Um, She actually started out as a villain. She was uh, the leader of the Hellfire Club, and they were obviously the enemies of the X-Men. Um, she was very um, icy, very aloof, very, like, you know, a bit of a dominatrix, um, and that that definitely spoke to me. She was actually my favorite X-Men when I was growing up, um, and, you know, I always wanted to cosplay her at one point, and I... I've actually done two or three costumes for her so far. And um, she eventually did turn good, but, um, you know, and she's obviously part of the, you know, main lineup of the X-Men even today. But yeah, she, she kind of has that duality of she's, you know, you know, she has a history. She has a past of, of being on, you know, the wrong side, but she's also like, you know, a very powerful, like, you know, forced to be reckoned with inside of the X-Men. So, you know, she she kind of has the best of both worlds going on there and I and I really love characters with that like dynamic personality where like they're a wild card. You're not sure if they're good or bad. They, you mm-hmm. know, they're they're sort of questionable whenever it comes to their morality, but to to me, I don't see that as a bad thing. I I cosplay good characters and I cosplay evil characters. Um, that I don't know why, but I just, I enjoy it. I like complex personalities whenever it comes to characters. And I don't like this kind of one dimensional sort of like, yeah, she's, you know, she's just good. And that's all there is to her. Like I, I like characters that, you know, might have a bit of a, you know, a struggle with like, am I doing the right thing? Should I do the right thing? Um, I, Cause I think that that, that shows that you are a complex person and you know, you, you have something going on inside your mind and, you know, you're usually very intelligent. Like they always say that like the the villains are the intelligent ones and the heroes are always kind of like the sort of slow, sort of like, you know, goody-goody two-shoes that doesn't really like question things. They just kind of like do what they're told to do. Um, so I think that's another thing that I, I look for in characters is like, do they have that complex personality that, that speaks to me like that?
0: Well, let's talk about that too. So first with, with this Emma Frost character. So you think that they did uh, handle that right in terms of how they showed her in the film? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yes. She's, she's exactly how Emma Frost should look. Yeah. She is absolutely was mm-hmm. cast perfectly.
0: Is that, is that something that, you know, you say you haven't gone to see or have been interested in seeing some of the films recently, the superhero films, do you think they do not handle the female characters well or what's what's lacking about how they use female characters in films, according to you?
1: Well, I, I feel like they're not casting the right actresses for these roles. I, I feel like they're not actually paying attention to the source material. Mm-hmm. And that, that bothers me. I don't like that. Like, okay. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I will not go see a movie just because everyone else is seeing it, just because it's popular. Like, if they mess up my character, I don't want to see it. So yeah. you know, <laughs> it's no, just how it is. Like I'm a purist. I, I like I like the characters to be done correctly. Um, just because you say that you know this is the character from the comics doesn't mean that you know that's actually who is in the movie. You know because it, if it doesn't look like the, the comic book version, it's like it's like what's the point? You might as well just make a whole new character and call them something else.
0: Well, aside from even the appearances, let's talk about just the way these these uh, female characters are shown in film, also how they are created in the comics. First off, do you think that in terms of their personality, in terms of the strength of the characters, in terms of the way um, the different studios, well, at this this point, there's really one studio that handles, well, two studios. Marvel uh, is handled by Disney and DC is handled by Warner Brothers. But do you think they are honoring the content of these characters? Uh, well, in terms of the women? Uh, do you think that they are giving them you know, enough of a spotlight? Do you think that they are giving them um, enough of a quality of storytelling, enough of a quality of how they are conveyed in terms of their strengths, their toughness, their fight? What do you think about just how, they're, how accurately that aspect of them has been portrayed?
1: Um, like I said, I haven't seen... Um, a Marvel superhero movie in quite a while. I haven't seen any of the new DC movies and that's not because I didn't have the opportunity to see it. It's because I just didn't want to see it. Um, mm-hmm. Why not? Because none of my characters are in them. I, I only okay. watch these movies if there's a character in it that I'm, I'm into and if they cast it appropriately for the character that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a, I'm a stickler on that. I'm very particular about casting choices. Like to me, that makes or breaks a movie. Like Tim Burton is, is amazing when it comes to casting, um, you know, say what you will about his, you know, uh, you know, artistic vision and things like that. Some people, you know, think that he, he tends to just do the same movie over and over and over again. I've heard that critique a lot, or he tends to use the same actors and actresses a lot, But um, he is amazing and has a real knack for casting. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't really care what they're putting out these days because I don't think that these studios are are – doing these movies right i just don't um i i think that they could do a lot better they could stick more to the source material and they they just choose not to for whatever reason like they completely took all the personality out of the x-men um when i, I when i first started seeing the um previews for the x-men like back in the early 2000s i was like what on earth like this doesn't this doesn't look like the x-men like you know, it's like they all had like the same black costume. They all just like, you know, there's just no personality there. So it's like, this is not what I grew up with. this is not what I like. you know, okay. I, I stick to what I like and you know, I'm not gonna go see something just because like, oh, this is sort of like a throwback to my childhood. It's like because it's not really like, you know, the original at all. it's it's not even really in the spirit of the original, you know source material. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is like our, our whatever here. And we just threw, threw a name on it and this is what it is now.
0: So a definite distinction between what the source material comic books are like and what the films are like for yes. you. <laughs> how they're shown.
1: Big, there, there's a big disconnect. So I don't watch a lot of these live action um, you know, superhero movies. Um, I, I wish they were done well. Uh, I wish they were all like Batman Returns. To me, that's like my, my standard for movies. I kind of judge every movie I see by like, is it as good as Batman Returns? You know, because that was like such a huge part of my childhood. And like everything about that movie was just a masterpiece. Like the casting, the, the soundtrack, the plot, the costumes, like everything just was, you know, kind of, uh, working in tandem and, you know, I, I I think that honestly, it's it's the best superhero movie ever made. Um, because Tim Burton
0: amazing- would be happy to hear that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think Tim Burton is amazing, and he's actually, he's he's been my favorite director forever because of that one movie. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's made other stuff since that's really good. I, I enjoyed Sweeney Todd, but um, you know. For me it's always batman returns everything always comes back to that movie um i watch it like every christmas it's like my favorite christmas movie um it's my favorite movie ever so i kind of hold all these other superhero movies up to that standard you know so i guess, you, I guess that's kind mm-hmm. of high of a standard i don't know well
0: no, that's fine what do you think about just uh, the portrayal of women in movie and tv generally uh do you think the the kind of strength that you like to see is being shown is it getting better is it getting worse what do you how do you feel about it it's
1: really hit and miss it depends on what i'm watching um uh i I really only find myself enjoying things like vikings or the last kingdom um because of the norse Mm -hmm. aspect of it um i i like to see you know characters from that time period um And even if it's not super realistic, even if they kind of exaggerate some parts of the story for me, like, I think that that's really the only place that you see women being shown in like a powerful, positive light. Um, Because a lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're still kind of relegated to just like the secondary, tertiary characters that are just sort of there. You know, we're just sort of there as like a house plant. You know, things just kind of happen to us. You know, in most of these shows and movies, as opposed to you know actually being the ones who are doing things. So that's a yeah, good point. I don't, I don't that's
0: a good point, dude. Driving the action
1: role that we've kind of been sort of relegated to. Um, I I want to see more stories about like us. You know, about like women and us you know being in charge of our lives and occasionally a movie or a tv show will come along and it will show us in that light and it's great and then it gets canceled after a season so you know <laughs> there's that.
0: Yeah. Is there do you notice there any difference now being in canada a difference between how women are viewed or portrayed in terms of these action warrior women heroes in media and entertainment there where you are now versus where how things are shown in the States. Now, obviously the States uh, content and entertainment is driven by what's created in the States. And I would imagine most of what you see in Canada comes from the U S but is there a difference? Certainly one, in terms of what you see produced from Canada versus, or, or the Commonwealth, since Canada is part of the UK Mm -hmm. Commonwealth, is there a difference between what's produced there? And also is there a difference between what people in Canada, how they accept powerful female characters versus what you see or have seen in the United States.
1: Um, I think that overall there is a, a more equal, equal and favorable view towards women here um, as opposed to the States. And that kind of pains me to, to say that because, you know, I'm American. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised and, you know, lived in the U- United States for the first 30 years of my life. Um, so, you know, I, I, I hate to feel like, you know, I'm saying something bad about my home country, but at the same time, like, you know, we don't really have the best track record when it comes to women's rights there. Um, we've actually already had our first mm-hmm. prime minister here in Canada. Um, granted, this was, you know, back in the 90s, and I think she was only um, prime
0: minister. Oh, first prime female prime minister. prime minister, you mean? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So uh, we we've already had, you know, like, you know, a female leader for our country and the united states still has not had that um and i think that that Mm -hmm. that that's kind of indicative of you know the the things that we see in the media and the things that we see you know in movies and tv shows i think that it, it all kind of is reflected in our politics um i kind of feel like women have more of you know a representation here when it comes to the government. Um, I think that there's, there's just a little bit more opportunity maybe for us here. And that's, that's one of the things that's always Mm -hmm. appealed to me about Canada. Um, when I first thought about moving here, um, I actually did a lot of research. Um, I, 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 looked into, you know, the human rights records and I, I looked into, you know, statistics on, you know, um, how, how women are, Basically treated in the workforce and things like that, um, so I think that Canada maybe is a little is a little more female friendly, and uh, you know
0: why did you go up there? What is it? What caused you to move up there? Why oh, did you go there?
1: This this is going to turn into a very long podcast. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of twofold. Uh, at first, um, well, 2016 elections happened, and I you know, I'm still very much a big supporter of Hillary. I may not be um, a Mm -hmm. Democrat and I may not be, you know, a liberal, but um, as a, you know, independent, free thinking, um, you know, female voter, I wanted to vote for her and I've met her a few times and she's a very down to earth, very likable, very friendly person. She's not at all what the media tries to say she is. She's not cold and, you know, heartless and, you know, calculating and all these these horrible things that they try to, you know, paint every strong female politician with. I, I kind of feel like, you know, as, as women, we are put in this weird position where, you know, we won't be heard unless we speak a little bit louder. But then we also get criticized mm-hmm. at the same time for being you know, loud and aggressive and, you know, all these other things that they, they try to put on us as, as bad negative things. But it's like, we kind of have to be that way because people won't take us seriously if we're not. Um, that, that's why you saw a lot of people criticizing her for wearing something like pantsuits. And it's like, well, if she wore a skirt, you know, I mean, people may not take her seriously and like that's a ridiculous thing because she should be allowed to wear a skirt and people would still listen to her and take her seriously. But I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a subconscious kind of thing for people. So, you know, they were even like talking about her wardrobe and like making it seem like it's a bad thing that she wore a pantsuit. And it's like, that's a very, like, you know, that's a very common look for women in in business to wear pantsuits like
0: it it could, that could be your next cosplay what is it? you could you could have a hillary co- you could have a hillary cosplay <laughs> that could be your next yeah one.
1: she's um she's definitely a huge inspiration and um i may not agree with her 100 percent of the time um that you know but you you can't agree with everyone all the time uh but out of all the politicians that you know i have like voted for over the years or have considered voting for over the years she's she's definitely the only one that i um you know, feel is really trying to help people. I think most politicians are just kind of in it for themselves and the money.
0: So was that the reason, so that was the reason that you decided to go to Canada? That was was basically
1: the starting point for me. Um, It was election night. Uh, I should say, well, it was kind of more into the early morning of the next day. I just remember laying in bed, crying, saying, I'm moving to Toronto. I'd never been to Toronto in my life. Um, I'd only seen photos of it. And I've only seen it in, you know, things like movies, but it's just like that popped in my head. And it's just like, I knew from that moment on that I was, I was eventually going to move here and that this is where my future okay. was. I don't know what, what caused me to choose this city, but something did something just in my head, you know, it like literally just came to me. And, uh, and, and after that, I literally, I started working on, um, getting in, you know, job resumes, and actually going to interviews up here, Um, I started looking into schools, and, um, you know, I started coming up here on a regular basis, and, um, you know, just kind of surveying the city, and getting myself acquainted, and, um, you know, just, like, basically kind of figuring out, you know, where my life was taking me.
0: Well, let's hold that for another, definitely for another conversation. Um, but so that, that, so that got you up to Canada. You see a difference between the way the two cultures handle sort of like strong women or strong female characters. Let's kind of, let's maybe wrap up here with just what would you like to leave a listener with in terms of cosplaying and female power or female empowerment?
1: Um, well, when it comes to cosplaying and, um, representing strong women, I think that it's really important for people to basically show women in the most positive light that they can and to um really kind of own who they are I've, I've done a lot of panels on um, getting into cosplaying, kind of like Cosplay 101 for you know beginners, people who are sort of new to it and um, are considering going the professional route with it. I think it's best to always represent yourself through your cosplays, and that's always what I've done. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm very uh, particular with my characters because I want you know, to always represent who I am, my personality, what I believe through the characters, Mm -hmm. because to me, that's being authentic. And um, I, I still, I still feel like I am myself when I am, you know, cosplaying and portraying the characters, because these are all characters that, you know, I either grew up with, or have come to me at certain times in my life, when, you know, things were you know, not great. And it was an escapism for me. And I have my memories kind of like associated to these characters. So for me, it's, it mm-hmm. becomes a very personal thing. So I always do characters that like, you know, really resonate with me on that level. And it's a positive thing. And at the end of the day, like I'm showing women in a strong, powerful light. And we honestly need more of that.
0: All right. Well, on that note, I want to thank, Bunny Bombshell for joining us today. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: We will certainly pick up this conversation or the strands of this conversation again. Uh, This has been the 34 Circe Salon Make Matriarchy. Great again. This is Sean Marlon Newcomb. I want to thank you all for listening and we will be back with you again very soon. Take care.